Welcome back to another episode of We Are Not Movie Critics. I'm your host, James, and today we're going to be covering all things movie news, TV news, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm with my co-host, Mark Wire and Will Tucker. How are you boys doing? We're recording again. Yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's next week. It's, it's been three weeks since the first yeah, episode. Three episodes in three weeks. We are finishing out the trifecta of the three of us with our interviews as well today in this episode. Uh, we've got a few pieces of news today just to cover. We've got... Avatar, the live action, not the blue people, the ones with the yes. airbenders, waterbenders, earth fire. That is getting a live action adaptation, as you've seen on the Netflix. It's recently got a trailer release, so we're just going to do a little a little piece on that. Uh, it leads us on nicely because Naruto has been revived again for a live action remake that's been in the work, which we feel indifferent about. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of, <laughs> lot of trailer themed stuff this week as well, because Madam Web got a trailer, which is the Sony property. It's a Spider-Man film without Spider-Man. Again, another one from them, and they just keep keep them coming. I learned about this five minutes ago. <laughs> Please write into us if you are as unenthused by that news oh, as we are. <laughs> it is, uh, it's something, yeah, it's not not good. Finally, as well, just closing out, we've got Pedro Pascal been cast in some casting news in the MCU, and we want to talk just a little bit about the state of the MCU. We'll just see how we get on. Mark, you've recently been like rewatching, not, uh, not rewatching. You've been watching re-watching Avatar for the, for first, the first time. time. Yeah, how do you how do you feel about it overall? It was amazing. It lived up to all the hype. It solidified the live action as being absolutely terrible, <laughs> which obviously is a a, a theme for, yeah. for today's podcast. Because obviously um, you'd you'd watched just yeah. the live action one, I and you watched hadn't the watched the cartoon. Action. Yeah, and the the cartoon was much better. I have my own feelings about it in terms of different seasons and things and like you heard uh, and for anybody who's going to watch it a number of episodes are just missing from netflix yeah, yeah. without any explanation which made it really hard to follow the end of season two <laughs> but i i really enjoyed it i thought it was really yeah. good it was very addictive to watch like yeah. once i started i did binge it in the space of like a week or something it was yeah really easy watching but really good show as well yeah really enjoyed it do you have like a do you have a favorite character your favorite episode uh, or like scenes and either stuff? my cabbages because i very much enjoy <laughs> that they keep a recurrent joke like that it, it trans it goes into the next if you watch cora okay i am tempted to watch <laughs> yeah Cora. i really enjoy that uncle iroh yeah he's just the most wholesome and yeah amazing character yeah. um i think in in anything he is yeah just I don't know. The perfect opposite to Grandpa Joe. I yes. think you would say he's, he's he is good. also an old guy, but he is definitely all good. And yeah, I, I thought he was fantastic. And it was, yeah, it's got a, some a very feel yeah. good show. It's got some really like great moments in it. And like the dynamic between like him and Zuko mm. is, I think, mm-hmm. my favorite part of the show, I think. It's, um, it's really big like the it, Zuko is not the reason people like Zuko is because of what happens to him throughout the whole entire show and that doesn't happen even a little bit without Iroh yeah, yeah. his growth is and his very slow growth and Iroh's so yeah. patient with it it's incredible at no point does he try and push him actually forward and the well he does but in a very <laughs> soft way like he's just there for him all the time and he's got so much patience is yeah, yeah. really really big fan yeah I think it's show. it's it's such a great show and like I think like a lot of the choreography in it as well like how the the mm-hmm. colors are used with like the different elements and that kind of thing i think it's like just fantastically made show i think it genuinely is probably one of the best mm-hmm. shows of like the last 20 years i think it's I, I think it's clear why there's so much i think it's so marketable 
like everyone is so loved. Yeah, it's, it's a huge audience can enjoy this show yeah, for a lot of different reasons. And I think like that's probably why we're getting this live action remake. They've been trying to do more things in that universe for like a really long time mm-hmm. where obviously they want to do more with it and try yeah. and do something. But I don't know. How do you guys feel, feel about the live action remake? I'm ready. You I ready? just want more. You just want, so you're, are you, you fit in the camp of like, yeah, you just, you don't mind it's like the same story exactly. again sort it's of thing. It's fine. Um, is it like, I, I, I could do without some of the filler episodes. I can do without really only like, I mean, most episodes are pretty excellent, mm. but I think in order to have the same sort of nuanced storyline that they have in Avatar, it's just some of those episodes aren't really going to aid in that. Mm. But honestly, like they make something completely different. They make something very similar. I just, I just want more of it. Really, yeah. Yeah. is it film or TV show? It's, uh, it's, it's going to be a TV show. TV yeah, show. Okay. so it's week to week to week episode. I don't think they're going to do as much filler. So yeah. I think it's going to be like ten episodes, and then they'll do book one and ten, and mm-hmm. two is, okay. and ten as well, like that kind of thing. And you say you're hyped for it, just more. What just if it is just more, more like the film? Will <laughs> you still be as hyped for it? I would, I would be disappointed, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't. You still I, I watch would, it? All I would of absolutely it. still watch it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm honestly, I, I see that as a totally real possibility. And you know what? That's okay. I'm ready to take that chance. I'm ready to learn to get hurt again. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to get hurt again. Like I had this discussion with, with a friend about just like live action remakes in general. Mm-hmm. So like with, with a live action remake, what is it that you like about it? Like, is it just the fact that it's, a different perspective of the same story it or reminds is it like... me of the cartoon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. usually That's... what I like. <laughs> but wouldn't you it's like... hard to go past that. Like we've spoke about this and obviously it links on to the, the Naruto yeah, point, yeah. but there are so few live action remakes that, that don't get it full flat. Yeah. But why do you think that is? What is it about it? That's going to fall flat. Like, and do you think that this putting money on the, are you, if you're a betting man, like would you bet that this, is going to go well yes. or do you think it's going to go badly and why do you feel that way i in my well maybe because in my heart of hearts i need this um, <laughs> so you're blinded by love basically yes. <laughs> but i also it feels like they understand what they're adapting yeah. so like you take you take your dragon ball live action adaptation yeah. and they're like we have this huge market but we have to make it for some other market too yeah, yeah. so they like they make something that nobody likes yeah whereas we've already shown the like this this property has gone twenty years and people are like oh wait we still love Avatar we want more and we need it yeah so it feels just based on the trailer that they get what they're making okay it feels like they can put something out that they know what people want yeah and also I can't reiterate this enough I just want more you just want more <laughs> stuff so let me let me pose this like question to you if you had a choice between you had more stories in the Avatar universe or you have this live action remake, are you clamoring more towards, I want the, the live action remake. I would prefer the former. You would form sure. more, so different stories, different time, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Yes. What do you think, is there a particular set of stories you'd like to see the Avatar universe? I mean, we're getting, uh, we're getting the Earth Avatar, the one before Kyoshi. Are we actually? Um, yeah. Have they, have they announced that they're doing that? Um, that? That is a thing that exists. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's pretty cool too. I honestly, yeah. I want to see post Korra. She's the one who split land. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the, like the surfer one, isn't it? Uh, yes. One. Yeah. The one who did a bunch of stuff in the spirit world and people said he was a deadbeat. <laughs> <laughs> is there a series on the avatar before Aang? 
uh, before Aang? No, nothing no. on um. Oh, what is his name? Um, the fire. Roku. Roku. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Avatar <laughs> um, Roku. Um, no, there's nothing on him. Uh, I think they sort of they kind of covered his. They covered story, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a. Lot oh, they do season three quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I f- yeah, I what, feel the Legend of Korra. Has anybody watched the the show? Have I watched it within the past year? No, ever. No, as in, in general, ever. I of course, I watched okay. it. Yeah, I watched, watched it, it when it came out, and it was coming out like week to week. Is it good? Because that's why I'm considering: do I go on and watch it? It's a mixed. I think it's a mixed bag. People, and is she the Avatar in it? Yes. I th- yeah. I think there's a. It's a mixed bag. Like some people love. I it. I reserve my questions. <laughs> some people love it. Mm-hmm. Some people are. I don't think anybody hates it. I don't yeah. think anyone hates it, but like, there's some good and there's some bad. I think like my favorite villain, probably from the Avatar universe, is Easily. in it, yeah. and I think that's like a really good thing. I don't want to spoil anything, obviously, mm-hmm. and talk about it because it's not what we're talking about. But most most of the villains in Korra slap. Yeah, like, I think like the rule. two. Yeah, the two. I, I'm not so big on the first season. Don't like Amon. Yeah, I'm not so big on the first one. He's but awesome. The second and the third, I'm like. Maybe they're really good. Maybe, not. maybe he is number three. Because <laughs> I like that they, without spoil, they like kind of allude to mm-hmm. the one of the villains, and I like that. And they serve it like a long setup sort of thing. So that's that's quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like bringing it back just slightly to sort sort of like live action remakes and and them in general. Do you? I kind of also had this sort of discussion about them as well. Would you instead of a live action remake of cartoons? Would you rather like they did them in different art styles? Like instead of doing, if you just took like Avatar and you went, oh, we're going to remake it into the example I gave is obviously like the best animation that we've had in the last five, 10 years sort of thing of like Spider-Verse. So if they, if they remade Avatar in the Spider-Verse animation, would you be more inclined to watch that versus a live action? Uh, Yes. Yes, I would be more inclined. I think Avatar especially lends itself to just being animated. Yeah. Um, Because that's my biggest worry with the live action is that mm -hmm. it's how how do you do the fighting and the effects and those kind of things and how without making it look almost cheesy in a way. Mm -hmm. It's like people flipping around and and doing elements and this kind of thing. You have to put a lot into the CG. Yeah. Otherwise you end up with Black Widow. Oh God! Yeah, no one will like it. Or yeah. you just don't have fight scenes, which <laughs> you just not great. To your political <laughs> avatar. You just, I'd watch it. You just have people like gearing up to fight, but they're never actually fighting. Really I mean, threatening each other and then backing down. Just holding up your hands for a spear bomb like... for ten episodes. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know. That why. sounds like the live action of Naruto. No, I'm just. <laughs> At one giant Rasengan for ten episodes because Naruto episodes did sometimes feel like that. Yeah. Like it was just a, a stalling episode. Yeah. Where the whole episode was just previously on and coming up on, and the actual episode didn't progress. Yeah. So speaking speaking, obviously we like touched on Naruto there. Obviously that's getting a live action uh, remake. It's our, our next piece of news. Obviously, how do you like? I know you're an avid Naruto lover. How do you feel about a live action? <laughs> Live action film for that. I don't know if I want to take that title, but okay. An avid Naruto lover. Mark White. Oh dear. Naruto lover. It's on, your, it's on your LinkedIn, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no. Oh, dear. How do, you, how do you feel about a live action film of, I, of Naruto? Do you think it works? It's, it's live action remakes things, as again, we keep coming back to. I think it's impossible to say. I've not mm. seen one. 
any live actions really never, that have been oh. like, oh wow, that was really good. That didn't ruin the franchise. Again, but don't, equally, they don't ruin it. Uh, they don't ruin it. No, the they don't. They don't. Still there. Like, they like are there. sour taste though, like ever so slightly. Okay, don't bring me a sense of disappointment because I was hoping for more. There. So I don't know until I see it. Yeah. Like I really like Naruto. I don't see how you make a live action of it. Yeah, but maybe they do it. Like so, it's. Terrible for for news for me to say. I don't know yet. Come back and ask me when I've seen it. Of course, but it is really difficult. I don't have high expectations or high hopes. Mm. But yeah, like you said, I I really enjoyed watching Naruto. I just so much of it. I don't see how it translates. Yeah, like again, the choreographing of the fighting and things doesn't lend itself particularly to live action, and it's very like quick camera cuts and things as well, which works in an animated show in live action it's either just going to look really clunky or really silly yeah one of the uh things that's kind of given me a bit of renewed optimism i haven't really been watching much with like loads of different like fighting and like martial arts and that kind of thing but when i was watching sensei there's obviously a big there's obviously like a a few big fight scenes in that when it's like sort of like martial arts level sort of stuff it's filmed so well and it's filmed it's choreographed really beautifully so it is, I've but got- it had the money behind it. Yeah. Like every episode of Sensei is the same cost as a Game of Thrones season finale. Yeah. Like they were so expensive to film. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't watched, I'm sure we've mentioned Sensei, but yeah. it's a show I've been trying to get these two to watch for a very long time, ever since we started discussing podcasts. Before that, and yeah. James has finally watched season one, and yeah. it is just an incredible it's show. It's a great show. It's fantastic. And like like I say, I'd, I'd implore anyone to check out sort of anything we've spoken about today, like Avatar, Naruto, and and Sensei as well. All fantastic shows in their own right. But yeah, I... I don't know. I, I don't know if I suggest Naruto. No, no. It's fine. It's like, you, I need to know the person before to see okay. like, are you Maybe the kind of person forward. who is fine with sort of man, mindless ninja trash? Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> is that an accurate description of, of it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's there's definitely a time and place yet i don't know if i'd put it i haven't watched since eight but it's hard to i feel like it's hard to compare the two right yeah yeah either way we were talking about uh live action naruto yes and then um, sense eight i'm I, I can only also like all the disney remakes yeah um, i feel yeah. like all of those are flopping as well i liked uh, i like the jungle book maybe yeah. not flopping in the traditional sense is they're probably making money i think they're making yeah still making a lot of money but um, i think critically yeah, generally not working out so great. Not as high as like the remakes. I don't think. I think um, <laughs> that was the original story, not the remakes. I think they're not making as much. <laughs> not too sure. I don't know. I feel like the Jungle Book was the first one they did. Um, I'm trying uh, to think. They did uh, Beauty and the Beast. Emma Watson was that before? Jungle? They did Emma Watson and that Beast. was after the Jungle Book. Was that I after think. Jungle Book? Yeah, Jungle Book was first. Wow. Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah. And then still. they did Mulan. And yeah. Which I never watched. Let's and I absolutely love Mulan. Dumbo? Oh. They did a live action Dumbo. Yes, they did a live did. action Dumbo. Oh, no thanks. Uh, so um, I mean, Alice in Wonderland? That was probably first, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, the Alice in Wonderland was first. That didn't... Yeah. That felt, I don't know, different though. That's because you just... It was give, very Charlie and the Chocolate Factory-esque. It's mm. because it's just Johnny Depp doing Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp things. things. With, it was. I don't know. Yeah, I think if Johnny Depp's in it, you don't count it <laughs> as, <laughs> as a standard live-action remake. It's, yeah. it's just a Johnny Depp. Does Pirates of the Caribbean count as a live-action remake of a roller coaster? 
Yeah. It's, a, it's the first, like, kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's the first, I guess, like, <laughs> action. Wait, it was a roller coaster where? before the film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, That's wow. what it was. That was the original inspiration. It was just a, a ride at Disneyland. You know, they're really, they're really breaking new ground on yeah. their live action remake capabilities. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, we already did say we can't count it because Johnny Depp's in it. Yeah. So. Mm. Oh, well. I guess it's just a roller coaster. You can only count the fifth one. <laughs> <sighs> I really yeah. like the fifth one, but I haven't watched the other ones, so I can't. Go <laughs> oh, my God. That's the only one you've watched. Yeah. I don't know if I can do this. I'm just a really big Paul McCartney fan. Paul McCartney in it? Pretty sure, yeah. It needs is he a pirate? Or is yeah, he... of course he's a pirate. They oh need more God. old Stop. rock and roll people. Stop. That's it. That's is he a I main want. character or is he like five-second cameo, like Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones? You guys really think if I had watched it that I would even be cognizant? You said it was your favorite. That's why I think you like... You know all the casting names? It's true. I do know more about the fifth one than I would have expected. Well, uh, talking about casting, we've got some news this week about Pedro Pascal been cast yet again. He's in. Uh, he's going to be in the MCU, according to rumors. Not confirmed yet, uh, but it's looking like it's probably going to happen that he's going to be playing Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. So, Mister Fantastic of the Fantastic Four, he's Daddy the big Pedro. Exactly. Daddy Pedro is moving into out. the MCU. Put Pedro Pascal in an old, a sexy old man place, <laughs> and people will just eat it up. And they're right. Make him real stretchy. Make yeah. him big to a winner. One stretchy boy. Yes, they. He's. He could stretch over me. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god damn! Copyright. This episode is yeah, it's taking a turn. I mean, you so, like everyone's thinking it, right? Yeah. Like, look no. at this. Look at this. <laughs> I don't know if I was. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Could, uh... Like, he was. I first saw him in Game of Thrones, and he, like, yeah, that's yeah. not even that's not even his most beautiful. I think position. that's. Oh, no. yeah. I think that was his first. But like, at very few points did I think stretch over me. <laughs> so that's what I was disagreeing with no. when he said everyone thinks that. Um, I, I think I like everyone, everyone thinks he is a very handsome I'm man. I'm in the majority. All I'm thinking of is that that video where I think he's strapped to a lie detector and he goes, they go, oh, are you the daddy? And he looks at the camera and he goes, who's your daddy? <laughs> and he's right. And he's, he's right. Telling, apparently he's the yeah. truth. Daddy Pascal. Puppy Pascal. So we've had Jim Halpert. We've had Jim Halper Mr. as Stretch. Mr. Stretch. Now, Dead. When was that? That now, was in uh, Wonder, Wonder. Uh, Doctor Strange 3. Oh. 2, sorry. He was, I missed that one. He was stretchy for 15 minutes, and then he was turned into Ribbon and dead. Huh. Mm. And now Daddy now Pascal. Gonna, and now Daddy Pascal. Uh, this vote, basically means... Vote for Pedro. Vote for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> he's, it means that he's now even busier. He's already got a packed schedule. It basically means that his time of, as the Mandalorian... I think is done as well, like based on sort of the availability of his like schedule and calendar and stuff. Basically, like when before the writer's strike kicked off, they were trying to bring him down to just a voice actor role because you pay voice actors a lot less. And obviously yeah, they yeah. were like, no, he's an actor. And that's why in every season, I think there's like, he takes his he helmet, takes his off, helmet off so that he hits that criteria. Yeah. I don't know if he, I haven't watched the most recent season. I don't know if he does in that one. I think I've watched the most recent season, but yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, and then the, I think now he is officially just going to be a voice actor for it rather than like actually like taking his helmet off and stuff, which is kind of sad. I think like he could play a good Mr. Fantastic. I don't know. Like, I don't know about you guys. And I know for a fact that, well, you're pretty checked out of the MCU in general anyway and like haven't really been that involved in it. I know that I think, Mark, you were che- you were in it until up to sort of like end game as like i think most a bit were. past post yeah. end game 
I just, there was too much and too much of it wasn't good enough. So like Black Widow, Doctor Strange 3, mm. there's a few others that WandaVision really enjoyed. But that might have been before. But there's a there's a lot in there that I liked, but then, yeah, fell out of it. The most recent rumours is that they've sort of realised that they've gone too hard and they've released 50 TV shows in two years and they've put so many movies out. And I think, like, obviously that spun out of Endgame where it was like, we just made record-breaking amounts of money. Let's just do that all the time. And, like, let's just make loads of money. So why can't we Why can't we do that? But I saw a rumour recently that their thinking of the solution is just to bring back, like, Robert Downey Jr., well, let's do what we Chris Evans, before. Scarlett Johansson, like, bring them all back somehow. That's and then not just, like, the problem. <laughs> exactly. Not, it's not, not a, let's make better movies. Yeah. Let's keep making trash, but exactly. get big faces in yeah. it. Yeah. And then it will cost us even more to yeah. employ them. But we'll make nothing because it will still be shit. It's just, I, yeah, I don't believe in this whole like superhero fatigue sort of thing. I don't think, I think if you make a good film, yeah, people will go. Because like, I think it's evidence as well. I don't know if you guys watched the recent Guardians of the Galaxy. Nope. Yeah. Like the third one. It's fantastic. It is. It's absolutely fantastic. And it just proves it made decent money. It just proves if you make, make a, a good, good film, film and it's make a good film first. Get a good director, let him do what he wants, then it's going to make money. And like that's, I think, is the the way to solve it and fix it. I mean, we literally a couple of weeks ago spoke about Batman as well. Yeah, which yeah. Has come out post Marvel. Mm-hmm. And again, no one was like, oh, superhero fatigue because they yeah, did their own thing different. with it. Yeah. yeah. But then Aquaman 3 oh, trailer God, has come yeah. out and I could not care less like, if I tried. Yeah, could not, could not care about it. It's just, there's maybe not fatigue, but definitely the saturation. And then it's yeah. just, if you're going to make a shitload of them, at least make them good. Otherwise it is just so much like Loki. I think the TV show was supposed to be really good. And yeah. I've watched a few bits about like the ending. Yeah. That have really intrigued me that I might go and watch again. Do you know, like I, I haven't watched it yet. I've watched season one. I'm, it's on my list to watch season two, but apparently the reason as to why that was so good and actually had a path forward is because the Peter people Pascal's that ran it, it. I don't think he is. <laughs> I was thinking genuinely that. I thought you were going to just say, they got Tom Hiddleston to come back. <laughs> Name equal good. <laughs> the main reason like why it's so good is that they planned out two seasons and they went, this is a two season thing. This is what I want to do. And they just went and did it. Yeah. Whereas like they've had to roll back on a lot of their things at the moment where they've gone, we don't have showrunners. They just go, oh, let's just try and fucking make this season of stuff yes. and like see what happens. Mm-hmm. There's loads of situations where they've reshot the ending of like shows to try and make them fit in better with like whatever film mm. has just come out or like changing okay. demographics of people and what people like. They've gone, we've shot this show, but we're actually going to just like dissect the end of it and just change it and have a big... F- have a big fight at the end, but even so, though... Why don't we have a big fight? That is your favourite, though. If oh, I do. Big I do. robot fight. <laughs> Nobody will ever know. <laughs> In terms of, like, just shows and doing it badly with no real passion behind it at the moment and, like, kind of just trying to cash in, I think it leads nicely onto just, like, this final piece of news that I want to talk about, which is... Eddie Murphy. More and more news! There's... Another Sony film that is just is going to be releasing soon. Been setting Twitter ablaze in terms of how it looks, whether it's it's setting X ablaze. Oh no! Yeah. So don't don't I'm, fix I'm it. I'm catering. I'm pandering say, to it. Say Twitter. Say her name. I will not. 
You've been very aggressive this yeah. episode, Will. <laughs> You're just feeling feisty. It's come out and it's looking a certain way. And I thought that I've seen it and I've got my feelings about it, but I thought we could show you two it and you can just sort of say how you feel about it as we as we go. And we Wan MC a- reacts, everyone. We're Wan MC. Everyone knows our abbreviation. It's Wan, Wan MC. MC. Yeah. It is uh, a Spider-Man film without Spider-Man. So it's akin to Venom, Venom, Morbius. There's a Craven film coming out soon. A scary man in a suit. Spider-Man's in it already. You lied, James. (laughs) (laughs) Is the person in the suit Madam Web? Oh, it is not. Oh, she got. Oh. So, I mean, I enjoy a thing where I enjoy a prognostic, you know? Yeah. Someone who sees the future. That's a raven. Honestly, if this was just that so Raven, I'd be down. Yeah, if it was like Raven trying to save people. Mm-hmm. That'd, that'd be ideal, really. There's a particular line in it that I think is just fantastic. That's the line. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, it's just so desperately tying it to Spider-Man. There. Yeah, literally. Uh, it's also like, like a web. <laughs> you're trying so hard to explain everything. So, Ooh, much exp- so you got some spider stuff. A web on. connects them all. I hate it and I don't understand. And is she a terrible actress or was the trailer just really bad? Because every line she said felt so flat, delivered with just zero energy. This this is how I feel about, unfortunately, feel about Dakota Johnson. Like, I think she plays yeah. in rom-coms and that kind of thing. I think it suits her more, but like in this action film, it just... Like you said, there's no. I don't think there's any urgency in her voice. I, I do want to go back. I think terrible. I think Fifty Shades is a comedy. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a rom com. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that. Yeah, no. Nor understand what I was watching. Oh, I thought the opposite. It's just like they. They. I know exactly what I was watching because they laid it out. Just they just told us everyone. She almost the, the, uh, died and the, uh, then got premonition but then also got super strength maybe in that one scene i've read into it so okay. i know the breakdown but i would okay. love to hear from you it's all three or five to five points of what you think the story is because like from when i first watched that i was baffled and i was like i have no well, idea clearly what is, is going on ezekiel found her when her mom was researching spiders in the amazon <laughs> that is the line that i think is just yeah. the worst as well. <laughs> ezekiel sims he was in the amazon when he was with researching my with my mom researching spiders just before she died <laughs> it's just covering it's, all your backstory in a yeah. sentence hitting every base possible it, if you make yeah. it real short if you like get it all in one sentence that would yeah. be ideal a summary I, I guarantee the tagline you. for the video. <laughs> Ezekiel was in the jungle with my mum just before she died researching spiders. Now I'm here <laughs> and I can see the future. Well, what, what do you think? What do you think the story is for this? I mean, Based so she just... sees the future and this man's doing doesn't like that for some reason. He's going to kill her, but she keeps seeing that. So she so she lives. And also, though, three other people are there, too. <laughs> They're also there. <laughs> I prefer your trailer, if I'm honest. Yeah. Mark, what do you think from what you've seen? It was like the butterfly effect had a child with Fifty Shades of Grey, the rom-com. Mm-hmm. And then someone just shouted the word spiders halfway through just to tie it into Marvel. It was, <laughs> it didn't feel like a Spider-Man based thing in any way until they just in the middle basically just went, <laughs> 
And then we're just like, okay, now we that we've subtly made that link, we'll allow people to get there on their own. That they, they then carried on. Oh, no, do, do not understand that. Was there a spider involved in any way? Or it looked I, like she drowned, but then didn't drown. Honestly. And then became spider powered in no form. <laughs> so they just were like, mum, mum saw a spider once. And so now she can see the it. future. There was there was a there was a sort of dark arc. I don't know. Yeah. It felt very like almost like oh god, scary movie esque mm. sort of. Oh, he's coming! Get ready! Ah, oh, we did Ooh. the thing. <laughs> Cheesy line. Which, so, maybe it's just the trailer, but so the official sort of synopsis from what I've read is that. It's going to be like wildly Sims, different. Ezekiel Sims, Sims was in the Amazon researching <laughs> spiders with her mum before she died. Yeah. So he is, apparently, he gets some sort of spider powers, the villain. And then. I mean, that is so I, flimsy, I imagine that right? is how they will explain yeah. it, though. Is he got, he got some sort of spider powers, powers he, the bad guy. Yeah. Like, the bad guy. That's I the mean, opening line to the film in Dakota Johnson voicing over herself. He got spider powers. <laughs> So basically, he gets spider powers, and in that, he can also see premonitions of the future, and he can see that he is going to die if he doesn't go and kill people that will also, in the future, get spider powers. So he goes after the three girls that are there, because in the future, they will become spider people. Then Dakota Johnson apparently gets the same sort of powers where she can see the future. But not she spider is, powers. But not spider, or maybe she does. Or she doesn't, did, she, like, she, and then held up yeah, that I don't know if that's I don't know. But then, maybe Dakota Johnson just real bad. Yeah. <laughs> She's got She's no just powers. strong. He's just strong. He's got that Fifty Shades strength, <laughs> breaking out um, of those bonds yeah. and things. If they tie it into Fifty Shades as well, then I'd be invested. Yeah. I'd be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she, when Ezekiel dies, he goes. My mother was in the Amazon <laughs> researching was, bondage before <laughs> she died. There it is. Um, <laughs> She apparently gets powers to see the future and is tasked with like defending them. And apparently, there's also just to just to throw in she more was just surviving for her life in that. Yeah. Just to throw in more like just randomness. Ben Parker is in this, so husband to Aunt May is in this, and he's like looking after a pregnant May. And apparently, the villain is going after pregnant in the womb Peter Parker <laughs> to be like, we got to stop him Hold too. <laughs> Sorry, Baby no, yeah, yeah, in this they are, yeah. <laughs> All I can think is the Rick and Morty episode where like, and then alien, and then a Mexican armada, but then old ladies. <laughs> I think universally this is how I feel about things with no, with Spider-Man properties with no Spider-Man in. It just... I don't think it worked. You could have well. just made your own film exactly. there and yeah. not had to link it to Spider because it has no link to Spider. Yeah, well, if you, you just cut out researching spiders from that synopsis, yep. you think it would be all, yeah. when was premonitions ever a thing before? Just have yeah. a guy who gets superpower of strength and premonitions and has to go and kill the other people. Yeah, has to go and protect Fine. some people. But now yeah. it sounds like Spider Man is a virus and people yeah. are just all going to become <laughs> Spider Men like. Yeah. It's a global pandemic now, and this guy's just like, yeah, no, I want to be the one. He's a hero. It's, protecting uh, people from the virus. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the spider it's, virus. Yeah. I don't know. I think, like, there's interesting ways to do Spider-Man-less stories, but it's and not I don't that. think this is it. I don't think this that is it. That also didn't seem very... Didn't seem Spider-Man-less no. to me. It <laughs> felt very, very Spider-Man in that they kept going... 
looking deadpan to the camera and just going, this is related to Spider-Man. Spider-Man. You, you need to understand this. We have to go back. There are, all, you know, I would say, 99% of stories, usually Spider-Man list, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, true. A yeah. lot of people have managed <laughs> it before. <laughs> Dakota Johnson did not. I hate, I hate you guys. <laughs> I assume she directed. The Bible actually had Spider-Man in it. Oh my God. So, was he the one doing the miracles? Was that? Uh, I think he's in one of the third or fourth book. There's the a sequel whole, book. Yeah, the yeah. sequels to the Bible. Nice. <laughs> so they I, did all the Spider-Man in the last Spider-Man film. And yeah. then they thought, let's go to the other extreme. Yeah. Do none of the Spider-Man. But just, let's constantly reference just, that we're making a Spider-Man. Honestly, just make, just make a Spider-Gwen story. Yeah. Just make a Spider-Gwen film. Or like, make just, a different film. Or Spider-Woman. <laughs> just Spider-Woman, Spider-Gwen. If you're that dead set, just there's there's ways to do a Spider-Man universe story <laughs> yes, without do, do one all animated. A spider gets bit by a human, turns into man spider, <laughs> watched and goes around Honestly, saving other spiders. Yes. I would watch. He has the, the shit ability to walk on two legs. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, like he's like oh my god, he's got eight legs, but he's walking on two, and that benefits him somehow. Make oh, it like Sausage Party, yeah. but Man Spider, not related to Always Sunny, don't, but do cast Danny DeVito as the lead. I've got to ask the question, can Man Spider get out the bath, or is he still oh, stuck course. there? No, he's not stuck. He, is, is that an Always Sunny reference? No. Mops in the bath. Like mops? Oh, he's like, I feel no, no, IT crowd. He goes, oh, that's IT he goes, crowd, I feel yes. trapped like a mop, mop in, in the, the bath. bath. <laughs> yes. Okay, not Always well, Sunny, yeah. but Man Spider is Always Sunny. Yes. Yeah. Verdict on this, I think it's two it's thumbs up. Not, yeah, seven I, thumbs. Down. I can't wait to watch this, but not for the right reasons. Yeah. I think is that a donkey review? Two thumbs up. I don't know. It's three out of five. Any <laughs> amount of any. Uh, I'm I'm happy they're making it. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Just because it keeps Dakota Johnson in work. I just need her to do okay. You know. You have a long-standing bet that she'll <laughs> continue to make films for another three years. I'm just desperately like, come on, guys, let's watch this. One final thing as well. She came out in an interview and she said, I love superhero films. I've got a real passion for them. <laughs> no, you don't. You wouldn't do this if you had a passion for it. Like, she does not. Just, yeah. It's just, <laughs> you'd, yeah. Anyway, we're going to move on to our like next segment. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. So our next segment of the show, we basically want to bring on a new guest every episode and talk about a movie or TV property that is really important to them. And this week we are finishing the trio that we started with me, Will, and Mark this week to talk about Pitch Perfect. Really want to shout, bring on the wall there. <laughs> bring on the wall. I think a good place to, to always start with this segment is to just kind of give in like a little rundown of the plot and like for anyone that hasn't seen it. So... Mark, did you want to take us away with that? Yeah, so picture Glee, but less mm. horrific. Um, and I know a lot of people like Glee. Wow, you've annoyed all the Glee More fans. succinct. And girl goes to college, doesn't want to be there, joins an acapella group. Yeah. They do acapella. And they, do, they do some acapella. Um, and then it's your sort of usual, there's a little bit of romance in there. Yeah. There's a, a large amount of comedy, as I've mentioned in, in both previous episodes. I'm a, a sucker for a good soundtrack and there's a lot of good songs in there. Yeah. A few different genres in there, but the plot's pretty simple. Yeah. Like I say, it is girl goes to college, joins a cappella group. They do a cappella things yeah. without giving too much away. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan as you both know, hence why it's my 
my film. Yeah. So obviously a big part of this this segment is to sort of talk about not so much what the film is. It's kind of more about what the film is to the person. So what kind of led you to thinking about this? Because I know there was a few films that were bouncing around in your mind of what you could do. So what, what was it about Pitch Perfect? There were, and I wouldn't say it's my favourite film of all time. Mm. Like Lord of the Rings holds a special place in my heart as well. Yeah. Harry Potter, I consider doing the, the Hamilton recording as, as my film as well. Yeah, And there are, there are a few others in there, but Pitch Perfect won out because it's probably the film I've watched the most. And it was there for me during sort of my second year of uni mm. and third year of uni. And it was just always a really feel-good, easy watch. Yeah, So... Definitely. I wasn't having the best time and it was always a film that made me feel quite a lot better. And especially it was always my go-to hangover film. Mm. So everybody has hangover rituals. Yeah. You chose a film with several projectile vomiting scenes yeah. as your go-to your hangover, hangover film? Yeah, it's, it's a very comforting, easy-watch film. That and <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And Definitely. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, sorry. And 2 is not comforting. 2 is good, but, but 1 something else. But you know, both of them have... One, really good soundtracks. But I mean, yes. a- another film that was up there for me was um, the second Sherlock Holmes film with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. with the Hans Zimmer soundtrack. The second one. but Yeah, the second one. Not the first Sherlock Holmes film. But first and second, okay. but I really like the soundtrack in the second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the difference between that and Pitch Perfect and Guns of the Galaxy is the soundtrack in Guns of the Galaxy and Pitch Perfect is Sing Along. Yeah, um, sure. And that's a sucker for me. It's it's a theme with everything, with my music taste, with my preferred club nights, and with my favourite films. Is anything where I can sing along to the lyrics is always a win, and Pitch Perfect is very much that for me. Plus, it's, it's a very feel-good movie. It's very simple romance, a, a lot of comedy in there, and just generally sort of people finding themselves a bit and accepting themselves and where they fit in with others. And yeah, I guess being a a new college and everything as well. And at the time I was in a new part of my life, I guess I wasn't new to uni, (laughs) but it was different period of time for me. And yeah, it was just always a, a, a comfort film for sure. And still to this day, I, if I'm feeling not great, I can go back and watch it and it, it will always cheer me up a bit. Yeah, for sure. I think like I'd, I'd literally never seen anything uh, about Pitch Perfect besides the, the Cup song, which is obviously like took over oh, the yeah. world by storm at that time. Um, so you so know how to do. You know how to do it as well. So we're going to have to get a rendition of that later. Not <laughs> going to dump all the water out of this cup. <laughs> I, this is, the key is to start with a full glass of water. You that. <laughs> But yeah, I think what struck me about the plot is that, yeah, it's really, it's a really heartfelt film. There's a lot about acceptance and there's a lot of fitting, like things about, oh, I don't fit into this specific group and, and sort of figuring out where you, where you stand and stuff. I think like what strikes me about obviously your story straight away is that I know that you've seen it loads and loads of times. What happened like the first time you watched it? What was your, what was your thinking before you went and saw it? Can you remember the first time that you watched hey, it? I- Honestly, don't know if I can. I don't think I saw it in cinemas the first time either. Mm. Um, 2012. Yeah. And it would have been first year uni. Yeah, I, I don't. Maybe I did see it before I went to uni, but then got really, yeah, obsessed with it. There is no yeah. other word. Second year <laughs> of uni. Yeah, I, I, I don't really remember my first watch. I remember the first times I watched it, I just liked it. It was a good movie. I thought it was funny. I liked yeah. being able to sing along to bits. I found it catchy. 
but it was probably with multiple rewatches that it yeah. started to become a lot more to me. Yeah. And like I say, I don't know, like with Spirited Away for you, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the time, if, if I'd watch that at another point in my life, if maybe it would just be another film I'd seen yeah. and wouldn't have featured enough in my sort of memories to be the one that I choose for this. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I honestly can't remember the first watch, but I remember, so like I say, I used to watch it most times I was hungover, I'd, yeah. I'd put it on in bed. Hangover routine was a can of Rubicon mango, <laughs> chili heat with Doritos. Oh my God, this is such a rogue and, hangover cure. Yeah. And Pitch Perfect. I think, I feel like you couldn't have I was gotten doing better. It right. yeah. Well, this is the thing. Hangovers in your early 20s aren't really hangovers. You're just a bit sleepy. Oh, so it was just... now hangovers are hangovers. Yeah. And Pitch Perfect in a can of Rubicon doesn't cut it um <laughs> have to add in extra things i have to add in the chili heat wave. <laughs> yeah. i remember they actually they did like movie screenings at my uni yeah. so in the in the auditorium whatever you want to call it and we went along to that a few times and one week was pitch perfect yeah um and it was one of the biggest turnouts like they did guns of the galaxy as well actually yeah. but it was one of the biggest turnouts for for people and everybody really enjoyed it and it's just sort of a I think when you're at uni as well, it is that kind of vibe. Yeah. Obviously there at the American equivalent. Oh yeah, it's actually it's 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 shot for shot exactly like that at, at American at universities. The including well. the four a cappella groups. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, it's the same in English as well. That's why I laughed. Really. I could I couldn't deal you with couldn't all too acapella. much a <laughs> yeah. It was really hard to get any work done. Yeah. <laughs> But no, uh, like I say, first watch I really can't remember. Yeah. Um, what was that? What was the experience like when you went to the the auditorium and you and you watched it there? Was it was it everyone singing along? Was it good? Like- yeah. I th- well, I definitely was. Mark I couldn't really hear along. anyone else. <laughs> yeah, no one else was singing. <laughs> but it was it was good. It was yeah. It was very different to how I'd been used to watching it. I guess because yeah. I'd watched it so many times. But yeah, it's not one that I can remember a single watch. Like you with Batman, you have very vivid memories of that first watch yeah. and that's why whereas for me it's the fact that i've just been able to go back countless times yeah. and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and Millions never really got bored yeah um it's a film that even rewatching it for this i was very happy to do and really enjoyed and yeah i it's more the time than it is the initial watch that it cemented itself for me for sure i think like it's it, it definitely took over the world I think I think we like we mentioned with the the cup song and and things like that like I have memories of that like when I was at school like everyone just started like trying to do this this trend and 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 learn that song uh is there moments for you in the film that really stand out are there is there have you got a favorite set piece or a favorite song that the Baden Bella's final piece yeah. is yeah. is the crescendo of the film and it is amazing but I do love I mean, I listen to the soundtrack very regularly (laughs) and there's very few songs in there that I don't really like. Um, And even artists that I'm not a huge fan of in general, I like the features in that film. And I just, yeah, I wanted to be Jesse and I wanted to end up. With... You wanted to be Jesse? Yeah. You, I, I feel like you just aim straight for Becca. I want to be Becca. Well, I want to be Becca and Jesse, but I want to be Jesse and be with Becca, but also be Becca. <laughs> if they were to morph your into entire one. Fiber. Yeah, just, just everything, everyone. It's not too late to start um, acapella. It is. 
<laughs> it is. Yeah, we could we is. could form an acapella group. Um, yes. That's another podcast. Aka podcast. Um, that is. Oh, that excuse is, me. That is Aka one podcast. thing I love so much. Is the just use the of shoehorning of Aka something. That scene, Amy, with the um, Aka believe it when the car breaks down. Oh, it destroys me every time. Yeah, favorite favorite songs, favorite yeah. scenes in that. The Miley Cyrus. Oh, um, that's great. Right in the yeah. USA bus scene. Yeah. The mm-hmm. final scene of Barnbellas. The so final good. scene of The Troublemakers. I absolutely love Benji coming in and yeah. singing the I've Got the Magic that, in yeah. Me. That character. Ugh. He's so hard he's done so, by in the film. He's and then so, he's so good. So you love good. Him. I'm like, that's and so... I can't think of his name, but the guy with glasses. And I really like the... Pick yeah. um, a verse. Any verse. I hypnotize you. Yeah singing those lyrics and those songs for me is so satisfying and make as uncool as i'm sure it is considered to they be say in, in the movie group. several times yeah <laughs> it very... makes me feel cool to be singing along to that yeah almost rap i mean i'm sure rap yeah, fans would... will be outraged that i've called <laughs> no, that it's, rap I'm, I'm calling it rap but You're... i really enjoy singing along to it yeah to, all parts of that film it's mm-hmm. unbelievably catchy like it i found is. myself i was skeptical going into uh pitch perfect like i'm, I'm not usually a big massive musical sort of fan get in that sense and, and that kind of stuff <laughs> get Le- out. should i go should I just <laughs> that would be preferable <laughs> um but it caught me like it's it's very you've mentioned it with like glee and i think that's kind of like the only other thing that's like it in terms of that acapella-y type thing but even with them they do like a lot of instruments and 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 stuff as well but this was i loved it i honestly i loved it i was sat there i almost i almost straight away put in pitch perfect 2 and almost started watching it as well i think (laughs) i think like a lot of people relate to the story and relate to like how you feel about it at that time some of the the cast and the performances were just iconic like i love fat amy she is, <laughs> she is incredible amazing like it's her just... and bumpers love yeah their romance slash i mean hatred. he hasn't watched terrific too i know i only know from the scene where she's like why do you have his number and that's the only hint oh. that you get to it <laughs> uacc pitch perfect oh. too which i do oh, think wait. we need to touch on yeah. oh for sure um, definitely do you watch like when you go back to watch them as well? Is it just Pitch Perfect One or is it all three or just just the first? So just the first. Pitch Perfect One is to me just Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Then there is a sequel to that, Pitch yeah. Perfect Two, which is is good. I don't watch it anywhere in the same way. If let's say I used to, and it depends how much, but I've probably seen Pitch Perfect the first, Pitch Perfect the first twenty plus times. Yeah. Pitch Perfect One 2, billion. maybe yes. three or four times. Yeah. So, like, I'll rewatch that once every few years when it's not fresh in my mind, whereas the first one I'll just watch whenever I feel like it. Yeah. They didn't make a third one. Uh, it was like Shrek. <laughs> they, they just stopped they just after two. It didn't happen. No, they just stopped after two. Yeah. Um, the third one exists, and it, I watched it. I don't think I'd be in a rush to ever go back and rewatch it. Yeah. I can't really remember why. But yeah. I think that's probably speaks enough about it. But the first and the second are, are really good, mainly the first. But the second one doesn't do a bad job of, of capturing the same sort of energy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. I feel like it was less catchy. I feel like the music in the Definitely. second one was not as good, um, which I think no. is, it is, is an anchor point. More story, less mm-hmm. Just I almost feel and, like there isn't. Song. I feel like there's about an equivalent amount of story. It's just you focus more on the story because the music was like, yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. 
but like i i don't know when at least going from a musical side of things if the music isn't excellent Mm -hmm. the musical is not going to be excellent yeah so do you find like just again where we're talking about the the music of of pitch perfect and speaking it more generally about films is that probably the most important aspect of a film for you do you think do you think you can deal with a plot that isn't as strong if the music is fantastic or do you feel like it just amplifies the the story and that kind of thing like where does it stand for you for me i i I mean you've got to have all the elements but yeah i i would never have said it years ago and it's only looking back at my film preferences that i realized it but it is scoring and a soundtrack to me that makes it and Maybe that's why I like the film so much. Jesse's yeah. whole deal is how he wants to get into scoring music and how yeah. it brings emotion and brings people to tears and things. And it it really does. So I mentioned it. It wasn't a great time for me when mm. this film sort of cemented itself as something I really relied upon. But that's that's something that did help is the ability of media and okay it's probably not the healthiest coping mechanism to escape into film and tv but the ability to help bring out emotion is quite cathartic yeah for sure and the soundtrack does that for me i know it does for everybody like you watch a scene without the soundtrack and you're like oh this just falls flat but i do think my auditory sense is very connected to my emotion for sure and so more so than the the on-screen portrayal and the actors and actresses is the soundtrack that really hits me hard and they also allows me to i guess yeah it opens it's like it opens opens the door i guess in that Mm -hmm. sense and i think you've mentioned it before like whenever i think back on really conversations about movies that we've had together over the years i think a lot of the time you do come back to i've now that I'm remember seeing it and hearing it from you, I do hear you go back to soundtracks like quite a lot. And I do hear you talk about like soundtracks a lot. And it's, it just, it's just another reminder of the films and media that is, it's more than just the portrayal. It's more than just the characters, the story, there's the music as well, which is such an important part of it. Like you've spoken about like the Hans Zimmer side of it with like Sherlock Holmes and that thing. And like, he's had obviously such an impact on, on so many yeah, films across, anything across he does the a soundtrack world. for is just incredible yeah i'd happily go and see hans zimmer in concert actually yeah. going back to things i'd watch Put a lot of people theater. live but i would go and see him mm. live and happily yeah it's yeah. i think i would as well i definitely i think he's he's been he's like I, i've struggled to think of really iconic ones that he's not a part of spielberg like, all the Spielberg, oh, Spielberg as well. Yeah, I guess he he has been as well. And if you paid attention to Pitch Perfect, <laughs> there's, I mean, what was it? I think it was uh, E.T. Jaws Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, uh, yeah. say anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so now that you bring it up, Pitch Perfect sparked my interest to then go and watch Breakfast Club, which yeah. also rates very highly in my favorite movies. Yeah. And I did consider picking it because really? it makes me like... look far more cultured. <laughs> like the high society man I am. Um, high society But instead I went with Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. <laughs> because that's a lot more realistic representation of me. Yeah. Um, Be true to yourself. I think that's, like, yeah, yeah, I think that's perfect. But I do, I do love The Breakfast Club as well. And it is a soundtrack. And yeah. it is basically the same sort of basis as as pitch perfect kids finding themselves a lot through i mean music that's the reason they chose it i'm sure it's like there's a lot of parallels between the two there is definitely but yeah i think like there's there's other things in the film that really stand out for me i think like genuinely 
it's quite funny. Like it's quite a funny film. There are moments that there are moments that actually did have me laughing out loud, and that was surprising. I think like the judges, yeah, the judges really got me as well. Like they are. Oh, what's her name? Elizabeth Banks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks. Banks, I I really really like anything she does, and the guy in that is just. The most terrible. hilarious portrayal of a horrific yeah. misogynist. Oh, he's, yeah. <laughs> and he's terrible person. I mean, she's equally yeah. bad she's, as well. I don't think she's equally bad. Not equally. She's okay, very she, bad. She she's very, very mean. I'll <laughs> put it that way. But I, yeah, the, the film is absolutely hilarious. The, yeah. I don't, it's the way they do the scenes without it being, and again, I might be biased, but I can watch it 20 times and I can watch the vomit scene and it yeah. still isn't cringy or badly done. <laughs> no. And there's a girl doing snow angels in vomit. Yeah. And I still, I, I'm, I'm just like, that's normal. This that's is well normal. done. This is good. <laughs> I have to talk about that character as well. I'm sorry. We have to talk about, um, I said Lily's fires like, to feel joy. I said fires to feel joy. I was well, born with, fi- I was born with gills of a fish. fish. <laughs> I, I ate my twin in the womb. <laughs> it's just little things like that. Like that genuinely <laughs> caught me. Elaine Aquadama. Is that her? Lily Elaine Aquadama. I think she's gone on to do quite a lot of other stuff as well. I think she's in quite a few things, but yeah, I think like they nailed it with the casting. I think, um, Rebel, Rebel Williams, yeah. Wilson, Un- Rebel Wilson. Sorry, mm-hmm. unbelievable performance. I think yes. from from her. I think was now she, I kind of was she popular in anything else before this? I don't think it was her first, but I think it was her first big appearance. Let me, yeah, yeah. not. I think oh. she was in something else. I mean, like because now she's quite famous. Yeah, I mean, she made it in Cats. Oh yeah, is she in Cats. Yeah, she's in Cats. Oh, we're bringing it back. Everyone's in Cats this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Still, still on my two watch list. That yeah. one. <laughs> she's in Jojo but, Rabbit as well, isn't she? Oh, yeah, is she? she is of she course. Is. Yeah, she's in yeah. Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, the brothers Grimsby. Yeah, we can't just start naming. We no. we can't devolve into name movies. This person's in. No, <laughs> I think I don't think that makes for good uh, good podcast material. <laughs> Um, you, um, so I say that now both of you are just looking at the shit she's in. I'm just trying to see if she was big before Pitch Perfect. Uh-huh. She was in Bridesmaids, which I think of was pretty Pitch Perfect. I was trying to think of that, but then I was like, she isn't was that Miss Le- Melissa McCarthy? She was in Bridesmaids? Yeah, she I, was in it. She she wasn't a main Oh, she was the one where she's like, she's trying to steal the dog, isn't she? And she's like, I want to take this puppy. And she's got like four <laughs> puppies in her bag, Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, similarly, I feel like Anna Kendrick wasn't that big until Pitch Perfect as well. No. She was in Twilight. Yeah, and she like, was the friend in Twilight, wasn't she? Uh-huh. She was. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, uh-huh. and like brings us back to New Moon. Flowers of the Twilight Moon. Flowers of the Twilight Moon. Um, and like I don't know. I I remember watching a musical with her in it. I think it's like the last five years, the past five years. I can't remember, which is very interesting. And she was in. Hmm. Um, but like, I feel like Anna Kendrick's like epitome of her career almost feels like pitch perfect and i don't know if it's because yeah. of how popular it is or how like I, she's done quite a lot since but she's just always mm-hmm. pitch perfect to me so like bringing it back obviously fully to to pitch perfect uh there's sort of like a little framework of questions i kind of like to to ask people about obviously the movies and i think one of them that stands out for me is that do you think it's your opinion of the movie has really changed over the years does it I know that you're, you've said that you, obviously this is your, your hangover film and it makes you feel good and this kind of thing, but has that feeling evolved since you've been, like, do you look on it in any, any different light at all? Honestly, it does make for great conversation, but 
Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's we, we can end it there. But sometimes I know that both of you with yours sort of said how it evolved and things. But for me, unlike things like yeah. we spoke last episode about Harry Potter and how the rewatches you you see so much more as an adult and you see so many different things. It's rare, and again, I've seen it so many times. Yeah. It's rare I see something in a different way or see a scene I didn't really notice before. Mm. But it's always just good, yeah. and it, it is an easy watch. Yeah. Like and. A lot of people say that in a negative way, yeah. but I really think it is an incredibly easy watch. And that's why for me, I can rewatch it over and over and over and over. It doesn't massively evolve or change. And that's probably why it's so comforting. Yeah. It's always just there and a, a really good, nice watch for me. So no, I, I, other than probably, like I say, I can't remember the first time I actually saw it, but from the fourth watch to the mm. 24th watch, yeah. I don't, think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's evolved much to me yeah. in, in a good way. It's just always as good as I remember. It never loses anything, but equally never evolves. Yeah, I think it genuinely, it might become one of those kind of films for me where it's like, it was like, I'm finding myself I woke up today. I'm still singing the songs. I'm still feeling good from the way it made me feel. And I think like the message of the film is definitely, as, as we touched on, it's really relatable and like, I now kind of know why at that time at school it sort of took the world by storm. And like I say, the jokes landed, the cast is amazing. I think their chemistry, the romance chemistry really worked for me as well. It's actually something I found a, not quite as good. I way preferred the friendship like oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, as in the friendship between the, mm-hmm. the group and stuff. Um, I mean, I, the romance chemistry I think was good and I think it's good in framing becca's growth explicitly yeah. but um but like i way preferred the interactions between all the uh all the bellas yeah i think that's great like the i like the character growth as well her name is like slipping from my mind right now but the the, the former head of the group aubrey. aubrey i love her character arc when she's has to learn to sort of stop trying to control every little part of it and mm-hmm. yeah it's just a great performance i love that actress as well i think she does she's amazing <laughs> I mean, there's so much growth in it, like you say, and I mean, mentioned in Pitch Perfect too, mm. and you saying about the romance not being the mm-hmm. the boyfriend Jesse is like a bit of a background plot, yes, and in the second one even more so, yeah. and yeah, I, I think there's a lot of growth in them all, and like you say, even the characters that there aren't, I really like the fact that there are almost fourth wall breaks in there mm. where they reference the fact that <laughs> yeah. two of the background <laughs> characters and they're and like never, i feel like you haven't been here you, or you, we've literally tier. been here the entire time top tier i think it's comedy, just such honestly. a subtle like we yeah. talked about rick and morty doing it so over the top yeah. that it's amazing this was the most downplayed fourth wall break yeah. sort of thing that i've seen in anything in a long time outside of i can't think what it was but there's something where they recast an actor or actress and they just say like oh did you get a haircut or something yeah. in the next season when they bring him in i can't think who it is but they really and it's quite funny that they play it off like that but this to me is like a really funny sort of nod yeah. to media and and films and having background actresses and actors for sure i think there's there's a lot of like moments in this film that are subtle that just caught me very well with the comedy like I know we talked about it slightly off air, but Donald Faison just turns up in this film. Like, and I imagine 2012, I can't remember when Scrubs came out, but this is like around in and around that time. 
outrageous like outrageous like little joke and uh also uh joe lou the tregio the tregio <laughs> to just have them as guest appearances yeah. is it's unreal i also um, i love that like they're they're the hardest acapella people that could exist and they're just so <laughs> so wimpy and terrible and it's excellent it's really an excellent move it's um, such yeah they, i like I, I know in the second one, the same group, I'm trying to remember what they're called. The Tone Changers? Tone something? I think it's more inappropriate than that, isn't it? Isn't uh, their probably. name really badly chosen? I feel like the I feel like every time it's there, it's covered up by something. But the fact that Donald Faison wasn't there upset me. I was I was very sad that we did not get a Donald Faison. Anymore. And instead you got the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> win some, lose some, right? <laughs> Um, if you, in case you hadn't go them realized, bears, <laughs> them it's, bears, it's <laughs> uh, them bears, who day, um, Green Bay Packers have an extended cameo in the second one where they sing a lot. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, I was all it's for it, really good. Yeah, <laughs> none of them are natural born singers, but they all do an incredible job. Yeah, see, I'm probably gonna end up watching Pitch Perfect too after this, honestly. I recommend it, yeah, it's, it's got a lot of big names in it. Yeah. I mean, Snoop Dogg's in it. <laughs> That's all you need, really. That's it. Need. Do That's I need perfect, to say yeah. maybe Drake, as we found out from Will? <laughs> no, fuck that. Um, one of the things, just things I wanted to ask you about as well, it's kind of like, it alludes to sort of this real world implications of it, but do you feel like it's treated as it should be in the in the public eye? Is like, is when you say pitch perfect to someone, how do you think they react and how do you think they should react? Do you think... Um, I think people probably, when I say, okay, we're doing a podcast about movies yeah, and my chosen movie is Pitch Perfect. And especially when you line it up next to Spirited Away and The Batman, <laughs> people probably think that it's a cheese pick mm. or that it's sort of not up there in, in sort of caliber. Mm. Um, but I think anybody who's watched it and feels remotely the same way as I do and how mm. sort of you've both explained how you feel having watched it realizes that yeah okay it is but that doesn't detract from it being a fantastic movie yeah mm-hmm. and it is, a, it is a good piece of cinema you don't have to have the most intense drama mm. and ridiculously well-written storylines to make a good piece of, of film or tv and for me it's a perfect example of that it's the the storyline is unbelievably simple when you mm. really put it into terms. It mm. is girl goes to college, joins a cappella group, yeah. they perform. And somehow for almost two hours, you've got a, a film that captivates me time after time. So for some people, yeah, I think they, they think sort of judge it on like, oh, that's a bit of a cheesy film or a bit of a girly film. But for me, it's just an amazing watch. And yeah. anybody who watches it, with an open mind, I would be surprised if they don't come away feeling similar, thinking like, actually, you know what? I have my reservations about that. And yes, I had some prejudice because I was thinking oh, it's going to be a bit anti-acapella. of a acapella. Yeah. Anti-acapella. The, the term chick flick isn't a yeah. particularly positive sort of term that's thrown around on certain films. Yeah. And I think you watch that and you come away and think, actually, you know what? No, that was... That was a great watch. For sure. But for the most part, I think people do already just love it. I don't think there's a massive public outrage or hatred for the film. Yeah. I think like how you've sort of alluded to it there is is perfect to me. I think like movies don't have to be this 
hundreds of million mm-hmm. blockbuster, all of this, all action, all drama, all comedy, all the time, all of these things. Sometimes it can just be a really simple plot with some real human moments that blend together with an amazing soundtrack and it can make you feel something. And I think like I was surprised when I sat down and watched this that, yeah, it did genuinely make me feel things when I was when I sat there because the story is it may be simple, but it's so relatable and like to hear obviously that you were going through a particularly bad time when when you watched it those times and to hear that obviously this was the thing that sort of was a bit of a bright spark and and made you feel good i can see it i can completely see it like i sat down yesterday and it's just for like you say for 2 hours i didn't think about anything else i was just sat there just smiling singing along for a lot of it i was annoying the person that i was watching it with 100% but Should've had them leave oh no i they grew into it they sang along as they well towards the end <laughs> but yeah it i think it's a wonderful example of how you said a second ago you went oh compared to spirited away and and the batman these things just because they're different in the sense of budget or animation style and this thing it's it's still as meaningful to you and like that is the real heart of like this podcast is why i wanted to to get you in here is why i'm interested in hearing these stories from you guys because i think they're beautiful i think it really is there's beauty there to hear why it's important to you and how it got you through those those periods in your dark days and your happy days yeah it's just it's it's beautiful to hear and i really love that I don't know how much we've spoken about in terms of will your your opinions on oh, it. If yeah. you like to speak a little bit about, I had kind of watched it before. I think I'd seen yeah. the middle third of it, which I'm. I feel like I'm almost missing the best parts. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it. It's basically once once they get to the oh, what do they call it? Showdown. The um, the sort of verse off the riff off riff off. That's yeah. it. I was immediately bought in. Like I was like, this rules. I love this so much. Yeah. Please give me more. And then they did. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I like the the final Bella's like choreography and, and number, like I I as as arrangement, thank you. As soon as it finished, I was like, I'm gonna watch that again. <laughs> and then I I just I was so good and I, I just I feel like I just I'm a sucker for a musical number and it, they hit very hard in a in a sort of category that i i'm not the most like attached to of like top 40 hits from the past 20 years Ooh, yes i just i was just like yes give me more give me more mashups yeah. <laughs> and it, it's just a very it was it, it felt very good i'm glad i watched it for sure like it's interesting you say that like there's a specific moment that mm-hmm. sort of catches you and like, that's sure. when you bought into it because that's a lot of how i watch media and like into in like content and stuff as well like there'll be a moment and i'm like it, it usually happens in like games for me where mm-hmm. i'll be like a cutscene or something will happen and i'm like right i'm bought in i'm invested but there was definitely like a moment in this where i was like yeah this bought into it and it's gonna sound so weird but it's the <laughs> scene where she's singing titanium yeah but she sings it beautifully she and does. i don't know how she has an amazing voice. i don't know how much of a singer james, she is in real life but oh anna kendrick oh, is a for oh, sure real, yeah, yeah like no, the whole cast james, do all of the acapella yeah. for that film like oh, none of it is other voice actors yeah yeah okay there's auto-tune in everything but yeah it's not like auto-tune to an insane degree they're yeah. all genuinely really good singers which i think is really cool to to have that cast in gonna need some context on why it's weird Real quick, just a little context, uh, James. It's it's a little weird because um, 
Yeah, they're both they're both naked. <laughs> Go on. And they're in the shower. Wasn't it. weird till um, you made it weird. <laughs> Most people in the shower are. So, <laughs> in um, fact, it would have been worse please, if they were, had clothes on. Please contact us if you don't feel comfortable being naked in the shower, um, <laughs> and we'll we'll have you on to discuss while we all sing Titanium. Oh, <laughs> it's definitely you've made it weird. It's definitely weird now, <laughs> and you can't cut it because oh it's God. right in the middle it's of right. the good bit. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great scene. It's a fantastic scene. Um, no, I do like despite that scene a lot. the nakedness, it's, it's really the acoustics as well. Like everybody exactly. loves singing in the shower, right? Like yeah. you sound better, and lo sense. and behold, she's singing really beautifully yeah. in the shower, and it, it just sounds amazing. I think it's the first glimpse that you see, sort of into her, per- not like her personality, because you see that before, but <laughs> it's the first time where lets her guard down a bit. Yeah, she has this inner beauty, <laughs> literally. That, you haven't really seen up until that point. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a, it's speak, spoken about where she's like, oh, I've got like my DJing and all of this, but you don't really see it until that point because I think that's the first time she sings in the film as well. Yeah, um, I think narratively, I think it makes the most sense too because like where else are you? Yeah, if you're gonna have this person who's like not into it at all yeah. um, <laughs> until Actually, they get bullied into yeah. it, uh, I think it, it it's a really good way to segue into like, all right. She has to go now, I guess, because she got bullied into it. (laughs) Literally cornered. I was like, I did feel a bit weird because she is like literally cornered. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. (laughs) But it's, yeah, it just leads to a really like fantastic scene. It's a great song. It's a song that I think encapsulates 2012 very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you you mentioned Will. It's like top 40s and things. You can be someone who really is not fussed by music. Yeah. But you're going to know 90% of the songs in this film yeah. just because they are iconic. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like that. They like to like their niche music and things. But I think you struggle to listen to this and not want to sing along to it's most true. of it. Yeah. It's really difficult. There's even, there's like throwbacks in there as well of like the, uh, it's when they're doing the riff off. And yeah. there's like so many songs there that are like back from. I think there's a section they do the 80s. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, you got Mickey, like Ladies that. of the 80s. You yeah. got Mickey Mouse. You got, yeah. Yeah. You sing Mickey Mouse? Minnie Mouse. Yeah, they sing, Hey Mickey. That is so fine, originally so not a Disney thing. Hey Mickey. <laughs> hey, 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 hey Mickey. Mickey. Either way, I yeah. like it. Is, it is a very good. I want to sing along. I don't know how all these. I was going to say girls, but how everyone in this movie knows all the lyrics so amazingly well. I guess if you're so ingrained in like acapella. It's probably like, true. And probably also, I knew most of the lyrics yeah. to most of the songs before, like on my first watch through, let alone after that. I it's, cheat. I cheated because I had the subtitles on, so I knew all okay. the words. So so I was like, yeah. Now I definitely know every lyric to every song off by heart, but even going in, like, like, like you said, they are... They're songs that are just constantly on the radio, on TV, mm-hmm. but somehow it doesn't feel overplayed still. Yeah. It's the acapella. Yeah. And it's the fact that it's not three minutes of a song. It's a few seconds, which arguably I usually get two minutes into overplayed songs and then skip. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this, it does that for you. <laughs> was there was there anything else that you feel like we haven't we haven't touched on with the, the film or anything like you wanted to, to talk about? can cut this bit as well but no i don't think so like i say watch the first one mm. many times watch the second one a few times probably don't bother with the third one and if you do <laughs> please don't hold it against me because i don't <laughs> vouch for that so our final segment of the show just talking about the things that we've been watching or the things that are on our radar coming up on the horizon well what's been going on this week what you've been watching it's autumn yeah that means i watched over the garden wall 
Over the Garden Wall. Oh, it's so good. Is that um, like Over the Hedges? I <laughs> the exact same thing. Apparently, they're not that related. They're not related. It's very different. There are some talking animals. If oh, that helps. Okay. So it is. So it's it's, it's mostly people. Yeah. It's just a story about two two young children lost in a fantasy world that is perfectly encapsulates like a sort of autumnal Americana and just they're trying to get out of it. A lot of people watch it when it comes around to sort of autumn times because it is a very good autumn show. Now that you say kids lost in sort of a fantasy world and trying <laughs> to get out of it. I realize so many films encourage children <laughs> to get lost. Yeah, go get lost. <laughs> just, away. Just yeah. Yeah. The, where the wild things are, like Bridge over the hedge. Oh, There's so many films <laughs> that are like, there's fancy worlds out there. Yeah. You should definitely run into the forest away oh, from your parents. It'll be good. They are immediately not wanting to be there. The very first thing is, I think we're lost. <laughs> but I bet they have fun. At some point, right? I mean, there and is a little bit of wonder that, and magic. Like, to it. Should we even go back? Okay, um, but it's a very brief thing. Mm. It's just an incredibly well-made sort of little mini-series. I think it, it won an Emmy. I want to say. What's it? Um, what's it on? Is it on? I don't know where to watch it legally. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. They go the sponsors. We'll figure out. We'll figure out where to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's got Elijah Wood in it, voicing the main character, oh. and he does. I think they young Elijah Wood, 2013 Elijah Wood. Okay, so post post Lord of the Rings. Okay. Yeah. Elijah Wood's also in my recent watch as well. <laughs> so we'll what, come to that. Yeah. What have you? No, no, no. Are you uh, the track is there? Is there what else are you I did like? watch I watched a movie called Computer Chess. Oh. I don't know I don't know if I can recommend it. No. It was, not good. It was I think it was I I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like if I asked my grandma to <laughs> Yeah summarize what she thinks video games are. <laughs> you computer, chess. computer chess. <laughs> it was it was just a weird watch. It's an indie film. Yeah. And it like it has a hugely improvisational feel and I don't I feel like it. I feel like it was trying to be about something, and it doesn't really didn't really work out the way I think it was trying to. A lot of people really liked it. I don't know how I felt about it. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. But you can't. Recommend I don't. It. I wouldn't. No. This sounds unbelievably like a film that I've watched, <laughs> Turbo Kid. Yeah. That I don't know if you've seen it. It feels no. incredibly improvised. Like there's a there's an element of gore in it, and but it's very like over the top but deliberately it feels completely improvised it's really weird i left it being like i'm so glad i watched that but i don't really know what it was or how to recommend it to anyone computer chess is extremely under the top okay it is not like turbo kid I'm you should watch Turbo Kid. i'm just saying it's, <laughs> right. it's a great film kind um, of. but it was it was weird. i think it premiered at sundance and oh, when wow. someone someone told me that i was like what how how <laughs> but I don't know if you want to watch a very weird, slow-paced indie <laughs> auteur. You're really thing selling it. I like it. From like it's like it's set in the '80s about just people making programming uh, computers that can play, play chess. chess. Yeah, yeah. That is not like Turbo again. No. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd, it's hard to talk about. Can we go back to talking about Over the Garden Wall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's but sure. that's that's what I watched. Oh, cool. Um, I, I recommend Over the Garden Wall. Yeah. What about you, Mark? What's been... What's well, been seeing going? as Elijah Wood's already come up once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched Bikers 3 yesterday. Oh, yes. Amazing. For those of you that <laughs> yes. don't know, me, yes. me, Will and James, 
all are on a quiz team together at, at our place of work. Yeah. And for three years running, we've had a Spy Kids themed team name. We for changed it. No it was Spy Kids nope. 1, Spy Kids no, 2, Spy Kids 3. We, we started, started as Spy Kids 2. With, we, I think we started dreams. as Spy Kids 2, The Island of Lost Dreams. Yeah. Year 2 was something versus Steve Buscemi. Oh, yeah. But Not it got Steve, yeah. cut down to just versus, versus Steve Buscemi, Buscemi, which was a great quiz name because then whenever we were at the same points as somebody, <laughs> yeah. it was their team name versus, versus Steve, Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. And then the third name, we've gone with Frodo equals the guy. Because again, the guy Frodo, yeah, played yeah. by Elijah Wood, is the guy for all of three minutes. It's really highbrow stuff. Really hot couture. <laughs> Talking of films and rewatching them and how well they've aged. Unsurprisingly, <laughs> Spy Kids 3 ages so terribly, but yet it's still a good watch. <laughs> also, not watching it in 3D is makes it even funnier oh, because no. you just end up picking out every scene that is only in there because oh, 3D was 3D. a big thing. Something like fly at the 3D screen. Was, and it's this, like... this was like the big ramp up of 3D yeah. before Avatar's big ramp up of new 3D. Yeah. This was still blue and red goggles. And I remember getting this from my local video store, renting it and watching it yeah. over and over and over and over. And yeah, it's it's a fantastic watch. So I went back and watched that because yeah. we're speaking about it, and it's such a good and easy watch. And Spy Kids One has been on Netflix for a while. Two and three came out recently. I didn't yeah. realize. So when I re- two got suggested to me on my recommended, and I was like, I wonder if three's on here, and it was. So I was like, Well, I have to. Well, I have to now. And it's got Salma Salma Hayek in it, Salma which Hayek, is a really yeah. weird. Like and just drop in. Is Antonio, Antonio Banderas? He's in yeah. all of them. Yeah. yeah, but then in the third one, they just drop Salma Hayek in for like just because she just and she just even because. turns around to the camera in like a reveal, like it's me, a famous person. <laughs> I mean, they do that. <laughs> well, Spy Kids two had so many famous people in it for no reason. <laughs> I feel like it's just the sort of thing where like you want to come on, yeah, <laughs> you want to be in there, yeah, sure, um, yeah. So watch that, and that was really good. I just finished Sex Ed. Oh, of um, course, yeah. The now I know final season after my frantic yeah. trying to hit next episode. <laughs> Quite a good season. Very different to the others. You can feel the fact that they were like, oh, God, we've got 30% of our storyline left for this eight-episode season, and we've only got one episode to do it in. So they're like, okay, we'll just cut to that character, cut to that character, finish. It is a bit too... A bit jarring. Yeah, it's a bit jarring. It isn't badly done, Mm -hmm. but it is a bit jarring. New season of Big Mouth has just come out. Yeah, I saw that that's been advertised. So that's definitely started. Yeah, I haven't started either, but that's definitely probably something I'll sit down again. Like very different, but easy watch. It's one of those shows. It's quite easy watching for me. So I'll probably stick that on at some point. Yeah, easy watch. Yeah, and I watched The Last Kingdom based on Bernard Cornwell's novels around the Danes invading England and on a guy called Uhtred. They never successfully invaded Wales. They didn't, as we discussed in the car (laughs) journey. So, yeah, they they made a TV series of that, which was pretty good. And then also um, they made a film, which was about an hour and a half long, which basically they got two or three seasons through the series. And there's about 12 books. And they got a similar number. And they went, yeah, we can't carry this on one season per book. Let's just do a film to basically sum up the next six books. But it it wasn't bad. It was was a good watch. I like it. I recommend it to anybody who's a bit of a a history fan for that era. I'm a big fan of... Um, military history especially sort of roman and danish conquests red flag why america the american over here saying it should be military future that you should focus on mark have you not not heard of my country 
We yeah. don't believe in looking back on the history and learning from things. That's yeah, not enough explosions. We, we just need to look where we're going next. <laughs> there you go. Also, Bernard Cornwell. So if, um, I was going to say, if we're going to talk about this, I realise that's the entire reason we're doing yeah. the podcast. Um, Bernard Cornwell is uh, one of my favourite writers. Yeah. So I read all the books that this show is based on. But also I've read all of his books in a series called Sharp, which mm-hmm. was then adapted into a TV show, which I don't know if any of you have seen, but it stars Sean Bean. Um, and it's basically on a guy in the English or British, what would it have been, British army mm. back in sort of the East India Trading Company and Napoleonic Wars era. And it's really good. It's, it's very old, like it predates all of us, but it's a really good watch and it ages really well. Mm. And again, a lot of warfare and Sean Bean being Sean Bean. Yeah. He's both looks Does very young and the exact same age at the same time. Yeah, pretty sure he dies. Um, <laughs> Classic. It's one of his many on-screen deaths. But that's a, a really, really good watch as well. So I highly recommend anybody who, again, likes a bit of history to go and watch mm. Bernard Cornwell's Sharp, starting with Sharp's Rifles, I think the first season. And what have you watched, James? I've been, I watched a few things. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been following Gen V, the boys spinoff. Been wanting to watch it for ages now and still never getting around to it. Yeah, it's incredible. It's really good. Ah, God, Um, no. I think it's one of those that's going to have, because obviously it's set in the universe of the boys, it's going to have, there's there's like cameos from people in the boys, obviously not talking about who, but there's things that are going to, be lasting into the show so it's set like just after season three of the boys so there's like consequences that have happened in the world and also like things that are going to happen in the future um so i think it might be fundamental viewing for season four of the boys i think i don't know but Se- season three it does come out that compound v yeah that was in exists, season two right yeah. okay yeah, so, so in season three all these people know that yeah yeah it's so not that's, a miracle that's They're also a thing in the show made. so okay basically the plot of the show is like charles xavier school for mutants but like for all these like kids that have superpowers and also um, not for good probably for some level of manipulation not for good, yeah. yeah um so it's also them learning to deal with the fact that like part of it is like they have like counseling to deal with the fact that their parents are actually not very nice people because they give their baby like the the compound v when they're a baby and like it's a dangerous chemical and all of this to make money off them so it's like them dealing with the fact that their parents aren't who they thought they were and like this whole like thing of them trying to live up to their parents dream isn't that sort of isn't that all good um so it's very deep there's a lot of like good moments in that I don't know what much else. I watched Step Up to the Streets <laughs> straight after watching Pitch Perfect. Because you can't uh, watch Step Up 1. No, exactly. That. I didn't watch, we didn't go into Step Up 1. Uh, I was watching Step Up 2 because uh, it got recommended to me straight after Pitch Perfect. Yeah, so we watched that. Make yeah, I dance? don't think, to be honest, sorry? To make you want to dance? Violently. Oh, it did. I danced around my, you my have to dance I was dancing. <laughs> I was dancing and singing around my, my flat last night like massively so i'm sure that people around you loved that your neighbors oh, yeah. they were yeah they were probably really real annoyed at hearing it uh, i mean i did have my tv at volume like 90 of 100 last <laughs> night watching pitch oh, Perfect. So. you do have to watch that film <laughs> yeah. yeah so if you're with anywhere the, if you're any way up if you're anywhere in the Oxford area, you probably heard Will yeah. listening to you. <laughs> you also accidentally watched Pitch Perfect. <laughs> or should I say listened? 
I think that's the show. I think that I didn't really watch much else this week. It's been a bit of a slow, uh, slow burn for me. So yeah, if you wanted to get in touch with the show, uh, as always, we're always looking for guests. And now that we've completed the trio of me, Mark and Will of our films, yeah, we're going to be looking for guests and we're going to be pushing that angle quite heavily to, to get people more involved in the podcast. So let us know. Drop me a message on Instagram. Uh, we're at we are not movie critics and yeah. If you're if you've got a story or a movie or a property that you feel any way inclined about, uh, come on, and we'd love to hear your thoughts or your story about it. Or if you're Haley Seinfeld, Anna Kendrick, or Taylor Swift, <laughs> please please contact me directly, and, and we'll have you on. The Not podcast. the podcast, Mark. <laughs> but yeah, we'll catch you next episode. So we'll see you then. <laughs>